What's good, everybody, man? This is your guy, Manny, and you are listening to another episode of Talking Sports with Manny. I have to remember what <laughs> what show I'm doing right now. I have so many different shows, and I got a Lakers podcast on the horizon coming out soon. But I wanted to kind of get on here real quick and talk NBA. Plenty going on in the NBA. We're going to go through NBA standings. We're going to go through some playoff teams, contenders, pretenders, things of that nature. Uh, plenty going on in the NBA right now, and uh, it's heating up. The season ends next month. Um, so we're almost to the finish line. And um, like I said, um, it's going to be interesting. Lakers just came off of a, a very, very big win versus the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, Kyrie got into it with Dennis Schroeder. You know, I've heard what was said, but they didn't even warrant for Kyrie to explode the way that he did. And today happens to be Monday, and Kyrie has taken a personal day. They're supposed to be playing the Minnesota uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and um, he took a personal day. But um, I just heard from Woj breaking news that there was a shooting in uh, Minnesota, I believe. I don't know if it's Minnesota or Brooklyn, but there, but there was a shooting, and the game is being uh, postponed. So, um, you know, prayers out to the family and everything. Uh, but um, you kind of want to get on here and just talk some NBA. Um, let's start off with the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets are a contender. They're a very, very good team. And, um, you know, what kind of messes them up is that they went and got guys that can't really help them win right now in terms of uh, defense. They they don't have anybody who can, who can come in and defend. Uh, their best defenders are on the bench, like Bruce uh, Bruce Brown. I like Bruce Brown a lot. Uh, he's like a 6'5 shooting guard, but he's their best defender uh, when the, in the playoffs when things slow down. Who is KD guarding? Who is James Harden guarding? Who is Kyrie going to guard? You know, and if the Brooklyn Nets are, are playing small by having KD at the power forward position, he's going to get destroyed. He can't guard the likes of the Giannis's out there. He can't guard the likes of an AD. Although there are not plenty true uh, power forwards in the league right now, a lot of guys are more wing, like, you know, Jason Tatum plays the force sometimes, Jalen Brown. So, you have all this small ball going on, but when you face a big team like the Lakers or even Denver, can KD guard a guy like uh, like uh, MPJ? I don't know. Um, KD didn't really look good this past uh, game versus the Lakers. So, you know, injury concerns are still there. Yes, they're going to be a, a powerful team, a powerhouse team, a team that's always going to score. Um, but defensively is where they're going to struggle. Now. Let's go ahead and get into the team that I think is coming out of the East, and that is the uh, 76ers. So I'm going to pull up the standings and kind of look at where everybody is because it seems like every single day uh, things are happening, things are changing daily. So a team could be, you know, first place today and then fourth place tomorrow. And with the NBA playing, it's really going to add a new, different element to uh, the postseason. And I'm hoping that the NBA continues to keep that playing game option in. So right now, the Brooklyn Nets and the uh, 76ers are, are tied for first place with a 36-17 and 17 record. Philadelphia is loaded. Philadelphia has defenders from Thibault to Seth Curry, Danny Green, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard and Joel Embiid are the two best. Uh, they're the best center combo in the entire league. I'll give it to Embiid and Dwight. You add Dwight with any solid center, and already that promotes and that upgrades that center position. So 
Dwight still has plenty in the tank. He has plenty in the tank. So when you look at Philadelphia, they have defenders everywhere. Their problem is going to be, can they create consistent offense? And can they cr create consistent offense off the bench? Off the bench is where they're a little weak. They don't have a lot of guys who, who can come off the bench and like give them uh, solid uh, stats, points, consistency. You know, you got some nice young players on the bench, but it's kind of like in the playoffs, you got to be able to step your game up. So maybe they switch up their lineup to where they're bringing off maybe like Danny Green off the bench maybe, and then, you know, you got uh, Thibault starting or you got to mix match it somehow. They have great defense, great shooting, but bench scoring worries me for the Philadelphia 76ers, and I do believe that they are a contender. We talked about the Nets. They are a contender. They just lack defense. We move on to the Milwaukee Bucks. They're sitting in right now at third place uh, and a, with a 33-20 and 20 record. There's some possibilities that the Milwaukee Bucks might pass the Brooklyn Nets, who are going through a lot of issues right now. Um, Milwaukee doesn't really have too many weaknesses. You know what I'm saying? Their bench is okay. Not the best. Uh, Milwaukee got some young guys, like my bro, Jordan Nora, uh, second-round pick from uh, from uh, Louisville. The guy can ball, straight-up ball. I'm not saying that because he's a you know, family friend of mine, but I'm saying that because he's actually producing. Go look at the games where he started. He started two games, and he's averaging over 20 points a game when he starts. You know, he's going to work on his defense, but in terms of shooting, scoring, you got it there. Uh, they have the bigs. They have the wings. <laughs> they have the skill. I mean, and then Drew Holiday is a dog, both on offense and defense. So Milwaukee is going to be a very tough team. I can't even say that the Nets are better than Milwaukee right now because I've seen Milwaukee in the playoffs, and I have not seen the Nets yet in the playoffs. We've only seen the Nets' big three play together just seven times this season. So finding chemistry in the playoffs for the Nets is going to be pretty, pretty tough. Now we go to the number fourth team in the East, and that's the Atlanta Falcons. They're 29 and 25. They've won seven out of their last 10 games, and they continue to climb. Bogey has been balling. Bogey, the last seven games, is averaging over 21 points a game. So he's legit. I didn't know that he was this good when he was with the Sacramento Kings. So um, it's very interesting to see him, you know what I'm saying, in his element, see him with a lot of freedom. And he's playing with uh, a great team, now new coach, great coach. and. Uh, on this team, you have more freedom to shoot the ball. So I like what the Atlanta uh, uh, Hawks are doing. I don't think that they win a game in the playoffs. I, I, don't, I can't see them beating Milwaukee, Brooklyn, or the Sixers in the first round. I don't see them beating – man, they can, they can beat the, the, the Hornets, might get by the Celtics, just depending on which Celtics team you're going to get. The Knicks, you can argue, are better defensively than Atlanta. So. I don't know if Atlanta wins a playoff series. I don't know if they end the season with the fourth seed, but kudos to them. I definitely didn't see this coming. You got Miami at number five. Miami's up and down. They're 28 and 25 right now. Miami's up and down. I don't know what kind of team you're going to get out of Miami. They're very good defensively. They have all the wings in the world to, to bother some of these top premier NBA uh, uh, talent. But like I said, I don't know what to expect from Miami. Uh, they got hot at the right time last year, went all the way to the finals. This year, they could make another magical playoff run. It just all depends on what matchup they get in the playoffs. Um, then we move on to the uh, Charlotte Hornets. You got to give them credit. They lost their best player in uh, Mellow Ball. They're sitting at 27 and 25 right now. And 
you know, I don't know what to expect. They may or may not make the playoffs. And then with the uh, with the play-in game, they have to avoid being seven or eight. If they're number six, they'll have a great shot of making the playoffs. But if they have to do a play-in game, anything can happen. Now, you got these two next teams I'm about to talk about. The Celtics are sitting at number seven and the Knicks at number eight. Right now, they are in the play-in game. You know, the play-in game is going to be a lot different this year. The seven and the number eight play each other, right? The winner now becomes the number seven. And then the number um, the number nine and number 10 teams play each other. The winner of that gets to play the number eight seed to then make the playoffs. So it's kind of like you have to qualify and qualify multiple times just to make the playoffs. So, again, the eighth seed, the seventh seed and the eighth seed play each other. The winner of that becomes the seventh seed. Then the ninth seed and the tenth seed play, and the winner of that becomes a ninth seed who has to now play the eighth seed, and the ninth seed will have to beat the eighth seed two times in order to qualify for the playoffs. So um, you got the Pacers and the Chicago Bulls right there right now currently, but I think that Toronto is probably going to elevate and maybe pass the Bulls. Um, but as it stands right now, the Knicks are the, are the eighth seed. The Celtics are the seventh seed. Um, I think the Celtics are um, pretenders this year. I think the Knicks are, are, a, are a playoff team. So I'll give the Knicks playoffs. I'll give the uh, Boston Celtics uh, pretenders. I'll give um, the Hornets pretenders. I'll give Miami a playoff team, Atlanta playoff team. So we'll see how things shake out. But a team to watch out for that can possibly slide from, you know, 12 or 13 all the way up to, to like 9 or, or 10 would, would be the Washington Wizards. And if they catch fire at the right time, watch out, Boston. <laughs> you know, watch out, New York. Because when Washington is healthy and they're playing ball, they can beat anybody in the league. And we've seen it. We've seen them had some, have some pretty good stretches. Um, now, we slide over to the West. The Utah Jazz are still in first place with a 40-13 and 13 record. I applaud them. Congratulations. I mean, I give you credit there. But here is the thing. Are the Utah Jazz better than the Lakers? Are the Utah Jazz better than Portland and uh, Dallas and Denver? I don't know. We're going to find out in the playoffs. I would say that when everybody's healthy on the Lakers, there's nobody better than the Lakers. But let's go ahead and talk about Utah for a minute. They play the best defense in the in the NBA right now. They lock down. Gobert is doing his thing, and he could possibly be defensive player of the year again. Okay, Donovan Mitchell is taking this game to a whole other level. People come with all kinds of disrespect about Donovan Mitchell. He is a prime time player, and he does prime time player type stuff. You know, which is put up numbers, and he leads his teams to win. So, is Donovan Mitchell is is he a MVP candidate this year? He should be considered. I mean, if they have the best record in the NBA, right? That's the criteria that, that the league has used for years, right? Are you winning? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? Well, he's winning. So we'll see if winning plus good numbers could elevate him to, to the uh, MVP uh, uh, race. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to talk about the MVP race in a minute. Um then you have the Phoenix Suns coming in at number two right now with a 37 and 15 record. What happens if the Lakers slip all the way to number seven? 
and they have to play the Phoenix Suns in the first round. Phoenix, you've done so good this season. Congratulations on your great season this year. Your reward is to play the Lakers in the first round. So some of these records, you can't really just give too much credit, you know, because, you know, everybody's dealing with health issues and things of that nature. But I'm not knocking Utah. I'm not knocking Phoenix. What I'm saying is Utah and Phoenix are not better than teams like the Clippers, Lakers, Denver. To me, the Lakers, Denver, the Clippers, those are the three best teams in the West. Make no mistakes about it. Clippers are sitting at 37 and 18. They've had their ups and downs. But when this team is healthy, they are loaded on offense, on defense. Shout out to Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann continues to elevate his game. The guy is a beast. You got to give him credit. You got to give him credit, man. He just produces. He's a top producer. So you got to give him that. Then we want to talk about uh, Denver. Denver adding Aaron Gordon makes them dangerous. With the addition of Aaron Gordon, you now have Michael Porter Jr. playing the three. That's a big team. So you got Jokic at the center. You got Aaron Gordon. You got Michael Porter Jr. That's a big front line. That's as big of a front line as the Los Angeles Lakers. I can't think of any other team in the NBA that has a big front line like this group. Now, we look at the backcourt. You got Will Barton. That's another big uh, shooting guard. And then you, got, then you have Jamal Murray. Denver's defense is loaded. They have tons of guys who, who, who can come in, produce. And um, Denver, to me, look, outside of the Lakers, I got to give it to Denver. Denver, <laughs> Denver is a dangerous, dangerous team. And like I said, that bench is deep. You got Millsap now coming off the bench. I mean, you got so many guys on that team, and they're battle-tested. They're battle-tested. This was a team that went to the Western Conference Finals last year. So this ain't no regular old team. <laughs> Watch out for the Denver Nuggets. We slide on to the Los Angeles Lakers, who are just hanging on by a thread right now, 33 and 20. But they've been good the past few games. You know, in the last 10 games, they're 5-5. Five and five. And that's not bad considering you have no AD, no LeBron. So you got to give them credit where credit is due. But here's the thing. No AD, no LeBron, you know, no Kuzma. Drummond has been in and out. You know, uh, Schroeder has been in and out. Uh, Gasol has been in and out. Wesley Matthews. This team has been riddled with injury. When this team is healthy, there is no team in the NBA that can hang with the Lakers, period. And we've seen it this past weekend. You know, we saw what we we see the impact of Andre Drummond. They did not trade for him. They brought him in as a buyout. Obviously, he's, uh, you know, former all star. Um, he's one of the greatest rebounders ever to play in the NBA. Go look at the numbers. Go look at the numbers. Don't take my word for it. Go look at the numbers. Then you bring in a Ben McLemore, who I compare to a J.R. Smith because he's very, very streaky. He came in and gave him 17 points. So the Lakers are loaded. They have tons of role players. And I think that Frank Vogel's defense, because it doesn't really matter who the Lakers have in the lineup. They just continue to play pretty good and pretty solid defense. So um, that's going to be pretty, pretty good right there. Uh, watching this team develop and the chemistry as the playoffs approach. Got the Portland Trailblazers. Dame Lillard. Shout out to Dame Lillard, man. He just passed Dirk Nowitzki, um, I think, for the uh, 11th or 12th spot, all-time three-point shooter. I can't remember the exact stat, but 
Dame Lillard has been amazing this year. He's definitely an MVP candidate in my book. Okay. Um, then you got the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas Mavericks, they're solid. That's just about the only way to describe the Dallas Mavericks is that they're solid. When they're healthy, they can be really, really good. You know, you got Prozingis out there. You got Luka Doncic out there. And th these two guys are two of the best young players in the league. Um, you know, losing some guys last year like uh, Seth Curry, I think that was a big loss. But they've added some guys like Richardson, but he's been hurt. You, know, you have Tim Hardaway coming off the bench. Sometimes he starts. So you just have a whole bunch of guys. You don't really know how to make it work. You look at the coaching last uh, yesterday. DeMar DeRozan had the ball in his hands. And you don't double-team DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan was balling all night. You're up. I mean, it's a tie game. It's a tie game, and you put the ball in the best player's hands, and you don't double-team. You don't even foul. You don't, I mean, you don't do anything. The, the correct call would have been blitz DeRozan, get the ball out of his hands, but then he pulls up into the mid-range where you know that's what he does, and he won the game. So Rick Carlisle's coaching is very, very, very suspect, and, uh, you know, I think the Mavericks are probably just going to be just a team that's in the playoffs. I mean, they can possibly get bounced out of the, uh, the uh, play-in. You know, if they play Memphis for the number eight, you know, number seven spot or eight spot or whatever, and they lose. Let's say they play Memphis and they lose. Memphis wins. Now they're the eighth seed and have to play the winner of Golden State or the Spurs. It's not a guarantee that Dallas makes the playoffs. I mean, these are not the kind of problems that you want. I want to see more consistency out of Dallas. Even though they've won six out of the last ten games, um, I just don't really see that uh, that fire they had last year. Now, obviously, when the playoffs starts, it's just a whole new game, a whole new season. So we'll see what happens there. The Memphis Grizzlies, uh, I don't even know how they're eighth seed right now. They're eighth seed right now. They will be involved in that play-in tournament. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, teams that I, I feel like can be around that 9 to 10 are going to be the Spurs, Golden State, obviously, and the Pelicans. I take the Kings out of this. I don't see the Kings doing anything. The Kings are just here just to be here. You know, they're just part of the NBA. Okay, uh, but the Spurs have been remarkable this season. I don't know how they continue to win. Popovich is a great coach, and um, he's going to have his guys playing hard to get into the playoffs. But whoever is in that first, second seed, um, if these are the teams that you're going to be playing at the bottom, uh, then you're probably going to be coasting during the playoffs. Uh, no disrespect to the Spurs or the Grizzlies or Golden State or nobody like that. I think Golden State is better than what their records say. Golden State, you can have a, a, a Steph Curry team steal two games in the playoffs if they are able to make it. So um, run back through the teams in the West. I think the Utah Jazz are, I will say, I'll say a contender. I'll say a contender. But I really don't want to say contender. I want to say a playoff team. But I'll say contender because, obviously, they are the first seed. They, they do have the best record. So they're obviously doing something right. So I'll give them contender just out of their record. Um, the Phoenix Suns, I won't say contender. I will say playoff team. The Clippers, I will say contender. Denver, contender. Lakers, contender. Portland, I will say playoff team. Dallas, Memphis, Spurs, you know, uh, Golden State, Pelicans, I will call those teams pretenders. Um, 
But yeah, man, the NBA is just moving on along in full swing, and um, I'm loving what I'm seeing this year. I think this year has been a, a, a it's been different. It's been different. You know, COVID obviously and injuries, but Bradley Bill is leading the NBA in scoring. He started off so hot, and he's cooled off, but he deserves this. He deserves this. I think this year Bradley Bill wanted to show the league that he's an elite player, and I think that his time is coming to an end with the Wizards. I have tons of Wizards fans that uh, follow me. Um, they're going to be mad at this statement, but it just is what it is. I see Bradley Beal um, probably with this team for, for maybe one more year. Maybe the Wizards trade him and then just break up the whole thing. Steph, Steph Curry is second in the NBA in scoring right now. He's been magnificent this year. He's put up some, some crazy, crazy numbers. Giannis just does Giannis things. And, yes, Giannis is an MVP candidate this year for sure, for sure. Lillard. Is a fourth in scoring. He's an MVP candidate this year. Luca, I would put him as an MVP candidate if he had a better record. The difference between Lillard and Luca is they both put up numbers, but Lillard has literally been carrying this team with no CJ McCullough, no Nurkic. Uh, he's had guys in and out the lineup, and he's been the main consistent guy that plays almost every game. He puts his heart into everything that he does. So Lillard is a legit MVP candidate this year. You just got to give him some love this year. James Harden, man, leading the league in assists. People say that, you know, he's a ball hog. He's an ISO guy. Call it whatever you want to call it. He makes other players better. Okay? He might not come up big in the playoffs, but he makes other players better. Then you look at a guy like Russell Westbrook. He's probably averaging a triple-double this year. I've not, really, I've not really looked at his stats, but he gets tons and tons of triple-doubles every single game. Um, he's second in assists right now. Trey Young at three. Nikolai Jokic, man. This guy is a center, and he is the fourth leading guy in assists in the NBA. That's another legit MVP candidate this year. And I'm really hoping that Nikolai Jokic wins the MVP. He really deserves some love for what he does for this team and what he does for, for his organization. Chris Paul, the ageless wonder, um, he's, you know, fifth in assists right now. And literally, if somehow Chris Paul can get the Phoenix Suns to the best record in the NBA, you got to give the MVP to Chris Paul. So I've named about five or six guys that I feel should be MVP this season. You got Chris Paul, you got Jokic. Uh, you got Harden. You got to make it. You, you, I mean, you have to make make a case for Harden. They're tied for number one in the East, and he's been the one guy that has played more games than all the other guys. You know, he's he's hurt now, but he's been consistent. Then you got, then you then you cannot forget Joel Embiid. You know, he was a legit MVP candidate. LeBron was a legit MVP candidate, but I think because of the injuries and games missed, both guys are going to miss out on an MVP. It just is what it is. So I. Um, you got uh, Steph Curry, Giannis, Lillard, James Harden, uh, Nikolai Jokic, Chris Paul, LeBron, and Joel Embiid. Those are the eight guys I would say. One of those eight guys are going to win the MVP this year. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, in terms of three-point shooting, the NBA is changing. Shout, shout out to Steph Curry, man. He, he, he averages 4.8 makes. A game that means he's making almost five threes every single game. You know, you know how hard that is to do. Um, then the next guy is the drop off. Lillard with four point one. So that's not. It's not saying that Lillard is bad or nothing like that. But just goes to show you that making five threes a game is tough. You got to shoot a ton of threes just to make that at a high clip. If he makes it at, at a high clip, he don't shoot more than like 
10 or 11 threes a game, you know, rebounding. You got Clint Capella at 14. You got Rudy Gobert at 13. You got Giannis Valanciunas at 17. I mean, uh, 12.7. Enos Cantor and Sabonis. You know, blocks. Miles Turner. It seems like all of Miles Turner's blocks don't amount to anything. Like, I'm like, dude, you get all these blocks, but are you impacting the game? Are you getting game-changing blocks that that save the game or that wins games? So it seems like Miles Turner is just getting empty stats. Uh, but hey, for whatever's worth, he leads the league in blocks. Gobert's number two, Capella's three, Noel coming off the bench. With 2.1 blocks, that's magnificent. And then last but not least, Chris Boucher. Shout out to Chris Boucher, man. I don't know what has gotten into this guy's head or into this guy's mind. Uh, this guy has been playing unbelievable the last four games. Give you some numbers. 19 points, 8 rebounds. Next game, 38 points, 19 rebounds. One block. Next game, you know, 9 Nine points, two rebounds, four blocks. So that was like a, a dud. But then the last game, last night, 17 points, 14 rebounds, four blocks. In a lot of these games, he does this either coming off the bench or starting, and then he doesn't really get a lot of minutes. So, uh, like I said, tons of things are happening in the NBA, uh, tons of stats, tons of uh, 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 teams out there um, trying to make the playoffs. Uh, I'll be back on. Uh, to uh, talk more NBA, but I wanted to get on here real quick, talk about the landscape of the NBA, what's going on, where the NBA is headed, who's coming back. Uh, seems like all the big injuries, AD and LeBron should be back by the end of this month or early next month uh, for that playoff push. I mean, it's now or never. It's now or never. Once again, guys, you're listening to Talking Sports with Manny. Appreciate you guys. For those that are watching on YouTube, be sure to like, comment, subscribe. Turn on the notification bell so that way you get new content when I send it out. Um, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify or audio version, please be sure to share the podcast with as many people as you can. Appreciate the love. Y'all be blessed. And I'm out.